Welcome to episode six and happy October to all of you. The guest on this episode is my old friend, Jordan Blonick. So Jordan Blonick and I, we first became friends from our travel soccer days of high school where we were on the Grand Rapids Crew Juniors. Jordan, he grew up going to Grand Rapids Christian High School and from there he attended Northern Michigan University way up in the Upper Peninsula. So Jordan, albeit being from the Lower Peninsula, you could probably consider him a youper by now. And those not from Michigan, a youper is a native inhabitant of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. There's tons and tons of endearing qualities uh, which are associated with youpers. Nowadays, Jordan, he works for Founders Brewing as a graphic designer, which is a very, very cool job for a very, very cool company. Founders is considered a staple brewery here in Grand Rapids, and I'd say in the entire United States as well. Jordan has a wonderful wife named Lauren, and they both love their dog named Cash, which is named after Johnny Cash. They now reside in the west side of Grand Rapids. So Jordan, he's got tons of passion, he's got tons of heart, and overall, he's just a very, very genuine and authentic person. Come get to know Jordan, folks. Cue episode six. And we are live. Jordan, what's up, dude? How's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, happy to finally be getting this done. I know we've been talking about it for quite some time. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for being so willing and open to doing it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So never done a podcast before? Not even close. (laughs) In fact, I yeah, pretty much hate the sound of my voice. So enjoy listeners. Why do you feel like so many people just don't like the sound of their voice? Because I feel like everyone says that. I think it's just one of those things that you're not used to hearing outside of your own head. And then all of a sudden you hear it recorded or, you know, any other way. And I I think too, like being a musician, I guess they have good voices. So it makes sense that they might want to be a little more comfortable listening to themselves but that's true or it's just like it's something you just get used to yeah you hear your voice enough you're like okay it's just it's my voice it is what it is yeah i suppose yeah Yeah. and i guess yeah the more you would do it the more you'd be well you re-listen to this a dozen times you'll love yourself (laughs) perfect yeah (laughs) learn to love my voice there you go (laughs) good stuff man so all right i guess we should uh set a little bit of a foundation some context as to why you and i are friends yeah, um, let's do it. How how did we meet? Uh, my earliest recollection would probably be through club soccer playing with you back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you had been playing with Brooks and John for a lot longer, I think. Really? Because you played with them for years. I had only played like, I think I only played like one or two years with you guys. You came in, I think, uh, our junior year of high school, Yeah, I believe. Last two years. Yeah, maybe sophomore, junior. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was, oh, those were the times. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Now, I mean, we're getting old. Uh, Yeah, we were were 15, 16 years old. Yeah, still getting dropped off at practice by our parents. (laughs) (laughs) Still, of course, to this day. (laughs) Yeah. My mom will uh, drop us off if your your dad can pick us up, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, as long as your mom gets ice cream on the way home kind of thing. Exactly. Uh (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. Think back. Yeah, it's been a long time, but we've... uh, I mean one of those friendships too that you you can count back and just recount all the times that we hung out and stuff and just all started with soccer probably i know yeah so. and you said something really cool i mean we were just talking before this in the living room and uh you were like yeah this is one of those friendships that you and i have where you know 
you went to Northern Michigan. I went to Kentucky, very, very far away, but we still saw each other probably once a year. Yeah. Maybe even Christmas, once every other year. Christmas bowling. Christmas you know, bowling. When we could. But it was not one of those things where our, our friendship never went to waste and we always knew what was going on. Uh, it didn't feel like time had passed. Yeah. And immediately we'd hang out and we're like right back to our, the high school days in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I can, I mean, I've, we were talking about this also, but just how many friends we've got and to the point where it's like, not all friends have that same ability to just, you know, come back after so many years and really connect at that deep of a level and to know that yes we always joke with each other and <laughs> that's kind of the nature of our friendship and this relationship but it's been one of those things that has just grown so much over the years and dude it's been you know it's been authentic and it's yeah. been it's been super genuine and know? it's and i mean again it just continues to grow and i mean now that you're back after all of your crazy travels and yeah leaving the great state of texas yeah, uh, it's great yeah. to have you back though, and I mean, just being able to hang out again, just like old times, really. You know, man, I, I will tell you, when I was making the decision to consider coming back here, I, I was thinking back to all the friendships that I had, and every single person that I knew was here, yourself included, like was absolutely involved with that decision for me to come back. You know, so I'm super stoked to be hanging out with you more. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's been awesome. Again, one of those <laughs> things. It's like. One of those friendships that you just jump right back in and it's it's been amazing just to again be able to spend and we haven't been able to hang out like tons but just when we do it's always it's covid man exactly you know, it's pandemic yeah. it's but nonetheless we've still found time absolutely you know, i got to meet your wife which i had never met her before wild right married life yeah, yeah. speaking of let's great segue oh so all right uh lauren yep uh you guys have been married now for how long uh we got married in 2019. It was the 25th of May. And so it's like a year and a half. Yeah, coming up on a year and a half-ish. Yeah. Yeah, but about. you guys have a pretty pretty wild sto- story. Yeah. Right? Like as to how it all came full circle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you could say that. Uh, <laughs> we dated, I guess it would be 11 years now. Uh, 11 years ago back in high school. and. Uh, she was that girl, especially freshman year. We got, all got into this brand new school, tons of new faces. And right. that girl I just saw. And from that point, I was just so sold on her. And we dated. She broke my heart one time. So you guys are 14. You're dating. She breaks your heart. <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> broke my heart. I, I thought, mean... thought my world was ending. It was right. just so tragic. And then, <laughs> you know, life goes on. You keep keep going and and we kind of ever since i mean we did date again just briefly it again was just not the right timing and sure but it was one of those girls that i just like always had such a close connection to and i thought that was um you know something like again crazy to look back on that story in itself but we were able to meet up years and years later right uh, to- two totally different people at that point and but it was something where we did have a history. We did have like those right. memories, but we were able to build on that in a new way. And something right. is two completely different people. Dude, that's like, that's a true testament. I, I feel like to uh, just knowing a person and having faith and trust in, in 
comfortability with them. You Abs- know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, again, it's, it's crazy. Cause you, you look at pictures back and it, they haunt me. These photos oh, from when I, I was in, to see some. in my awkward stages, when oh, we, would do, we went to snowball dance and I was probably wearing a shirt that was like three sizes too big. You're probably was, like five eleven, 110 yeah. pounds. Yeah. Your shoulders are inverted. Uh, exactly. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it was one of my brother's shirts, I'm sure. Like, I didn't even buy a new shirt, and yeah. she's got this beautiful dress. And so she loves to look back on those photos, and I pretty much am I'm over it. Oh, man, you guys are going to have a, an amazing story for your future kids and grandkids. Yeah, yeah we've actually talked about that. It's, it's one of those things, too, where the second we reconnected, I just happened to be down visiting some family yeah. uh, from northern Michigan, and, and uh, she hit me up randomly, and we went and grabbed some pizza, and... The rest is history. So but. this was in northern Michigan when, when she hit you up? Uh, I actually, I was back down in Grand Rapids. Okay. But well, she, she hit me up while I was up there, and I was coming down for an interview. So ah. uh, it just happened to be that we were able to go out, and that was... We like to think of it as our first date, but neither of us... You should consider it the first neither date. Neither of us knew it was that at that time. I just was looking forward to, you know, reconnecting with an old friend, someone that yeah. I, you know really I mean, liked in the past you guys took 10 years you grew as people you saw the world you know you learned more about what you liked and didn't like and so you guys were able to come back to that first date just as you know new people in a new shell but kind of like the, the same person you know? yeah yeah absolutely and and that too there was memories that she like old things that she had always kept around and that was kind of what led her back to calling me um and reconnecting and just seeing where i was at and and at that point, once we kind of made it official that we wanted to try this again, it was, it was one of those situations where I was like, we need to get rid of that stuff. We need to get rid of, like, we can always have the memory, but I don't want to, I don't want you to think of me as that Jordan. I'm a totally different person and right. you got to get to know me now. Like, so it was, it was that point where she was like, well, I don't want to get rid of this stuff. I was like, that's not who we are anymore. Maybe it's you know? more so like, you know, keep those memories, but I guess don't come into this with any uh expectations exactly and just always push to like find out who someone is at this point you know right because people change and i think if you would have looked at her and i back in the day and all the things that have happened in our lives since yeah you wouldn't even recognize us especially our relationship it's just it's it's so much deeper and and so much better in every way and i think Back then, I may have even said, like, oh, I love you. I want to marry you or something. <laughs> the 14-year-old loves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Couldn't even drive a car yet. And right. That sounds pretty typical. But you know love. Me, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know love at 14 years old. I sure did. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a crazy story, man. It's it's one of those things, too. Kind of, we were just talking about the friendships that we have and that we right. hold. And, you know, it's one of those people that always meant so much to me. And so being able to come back to that was really cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're it's, married. That's Rest special, man. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you guys did not have a COVID wedding, luckily, last year. It was... We didn't have a COVID wedding, but we did just buy a house previously. So our wedding was, like, just immediate family. Oh. And most people... And then we had our reception a year later, so it, oh, it was a, it was we did it before right. it was cool. Yeah, yeah ah, the, the, okay. the COVID wedding, which is now so regular. To I mean, it is. It's very regular because there were so many summer ones that now are getting pushed into the fall because people wanted to wait and see exactly. And yeah. and now they're just kind of saying, "Screw it, we're doing it." Like, you know what? We're gonna get married, and we're just gonna remember how crazy this time was. And yeah, 
you know, it's better to be married and happy than trying to postpone something or push it and right. reset dates and send out all those invites. And for sure, it's it's a lot that goes into the whole wedding thing. And luckily, Lauren kind of took that on. She, she took the lead. Yeah. And you, yeah. you took you followed. Yeah, I helped when I could and right. you know, did, what, did what I could. But yeah, I'd let her kind of I mean, that's that was always her big dream anyway. So, was, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, at some point, as I get to know Lauren more and uh, become friends with her, just because I've only met her once, but I really liked her. Yeah. Um, I'll get her on here, too, and uh, we can do a deep dive into her life and give her uh, a time capsule, if she's Ooh. willing. So <laughs> I think she would need some coercing and maybe a, a stiff drink before that, but I think she'd definitely be interested. Well, good thing is, is there's no rush. We could do it. We could do it next month, or we could do it in it's five a, years. It's a time capsule. You, know? you can do it whenever. Exactly. exactly. It's, it's a, a beautiful time thing. capsule. It's a beautiful thing. I love that. So, man, um, so we established that, uh, right, we met in high school. You went to Grand Rapids Christian. I went to Forest Hills Northern. We had this really eclectic, unique group of friends, uh, including, you know, you, myself, John DeVries, and Brooks Wilcox. And we had this real, really, really unique tradition of every single weekend, we would drive to the Meyer parking lot. Uh, Naps on, Corner. On Naps Corner. Yep. And we would all get together with our flip phones and sit on top of the pickup truck and say, okay, where's the party tonight? What pocket of Grand Rapids is it in? And we had such a vast connection of friends and acquaintances that like there was always something going on and we always went everywhere as a crew together. That is something that I remember so vividly. Me too. We would just go and all right, okay, where's it going to be? Who's got, who's got the best party? Cause it was going to be two or three parties that we had connections to, but yep. then you got to determine which party, you know, was yeah. going to be the best or most fun or, you know, had the most people or had the best stories that came out. Right. Of it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I remember it's crazy to get back <laughs> on some of these too, because, uh, well, oh, I was just going to say, man, just the, the, the whole fact that like four kids from three different schools, yeah, you know, that consistently hung out every, normally you hang out with your school. You know, and the kids in your neighborhood, but to hang out with kids from different schools, like no one had ever done that, it seemed like. And we got to attribute that to, again, club soccer, getting to branch out and meet new people. Right. I mean, John DeVries, I grew up in the house right next to him. And so I was, Boom. I knew him for a really long time, but he knew you through soccer and Boom. Brooks knew yeah. you through soccer. And so all of a sudden I came into that a little bit later than you guys, but it was still one of those things that like. He's meshed. He fit yeah. like a glove. You yeah. Know? Exactly. The stars aligned. <laughs> exactly. And it was, it was again, <laughs> one of those things that you just, we always had something to do or we'd, if there weren't parties, we'd find something to do, you know? Yes. Yeah. It, it was kind of that hilarious aspect of always returning to the Meyer parking lot. But. Right. We always went there just to figure out what was going on. But I'll, it was very, very vivid, vivid memories for me, too. I'll never forget them. I cherish yeah. them. And, uh, yeah, man, you were a big piece of making, ensuring that I had an awesome uh, high school experience. So. Yeah. Yeah. It always. And this is one thing that boggles my mind is when you look back and you have or you have like a friend that says like, you know, like and maybe it's not someone you even went to school with or knew directly at that point. But maybe you met them in college and they say man, high school, just those years were so tough for me or I yeah. didn't enjoy that. And I think back and those are some of the best years of my life. Same. I mean, you don't want to be that guy that's like living in the past, but we're not. Right. It's just like, right. We but we're just experience. appreciating where we were and right. the fun we made out of it. And, 
you know i think especially with our friendships and being able to like you know always be meeting new people that was something that was unique to us yep and and again everyone had connections and into some other group or <laughs> a set of friends and and that was something i wouldn't have had without club soccer or you guys and You're so right. i always think back like even my some of my friends from christian high you know they always were like oh that's so cool that you guys have all these friends from right. schools yeah and you guys just can always rely on them to pull through for you and stuff so. i think that's a testament of how important it is when you have kids to put them into uh you know groups and societies and, and activities like soccer it gets you out of your comfort zone you meet new people you're not you're not in your bubble absolutely get out of your bubble you know yeah. it's, it's very healthy for you i mean think about that too as adults it's not just as kids you think oh we have a bubble here <laughs> yeah exactly and so it's like you know how do you get outside that how do you right. start that new conversation with that new person or when you go to a party with say my wife i go to a party with her how do i stand out as not just lauren's wife but i'm my own person and you know i can yeah. make my own connections too and so it's it's interesting i've it's it's one of those fine things in life too. Some people have already got it figured out. I feel like you're one of those people that can talk to anybody and you can just walk up and start a great conversation. And I I think it takes practice and I think it's something that I see you as that guy too though. I genuinely do. Yeah. Like I, I don't yeah. know a single person that doesn't like you and, and if I'm just envisioning you right now walking up to a stranger, yeah, you're crushing the conversation. You're making an instant connection. Like yeah. that's who you are, you know? Yeah, definitely trying. And I think it's it's funny, as I get older, it's like one of those things like it's it's and I kinda got into a job where it was like more time on a computer and less time talking to people. And so for mm. me, I got away from that like really social aspect of always meeting new people. And I still love to meet new people. Yeah. I think that's a super fascinating thing about life. And yep. I think that's super cool. But I do feel like every once in a while, I'm like, oh, how am I going to start this conversation? Like, what's something I have in common with this person possibly, you know? Right. And so it's, outside of like, oh, yeah, the weather's pretty great today. Or, that's you know. a really fascinating point, man, because I, I'm sure there are so many people that are used to having that interpersonal touch and that skill, Absolutely. that finesse of interacting yeah. with other others. But because of COVID, they've been locked into their house all day, every day. And so they're probably, you know, that it's got to be rough. Like yeah, it's, it's a rough absolutely. skill. It's a rough touch. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the more you do it and the more you're able to like encounter these new people and, and new situations, the more comfortable you'll feel approaching them in the future, you know? Yeah. So for someone who's locked inside right now or is you know taking this super seriously and and i mean of course we're all taking it seriously but it's right it's that point of you know um really like shutting yourself down to the society because of everything going on and it's it's kind of terrifying to think that like you know especially our generation that grew up on screens and mm. you know i think an older generation i can see it in like our parents even, you know, they yeah. can go out as realtors too. my dad, <laughs> your parents, yep. you know, that's their job. They talk to people, they're face-to-face right. -face interactions. And that's something that I think our generation loses a little bit automatically. We do. Have you ever uh, served before or like been a bartender? Um, I worked at Qdoba as a manager one time. Okay, that counts. I mean, I'd yeah, say. I, I cooked and I was a manager, and yeah. I, I think that the service industry it teaches you to be a 
conversational, I don't want to say genius, but like it really refines that skill. It does. You, you can work a table, you can work anybody, you can dive into a conversation. You get really good with people, at talking to people. Absolutely. It's, it's those random conversations that you cut every night. And, yeah. and then also to be able to diffuse a situation or if something comes up, like yep. it's those personal skills where you, you get to learn that. And again, right. the more I stare at a screen all day, I feel like you kind of lose that a little bit. But at the same time, you yeah. know, it's, it's something that again i really appreciate those opportunities to get to meet new people and yeah man and And i think with covid to your point i think we just got to continuously like make reasons to get out of the house and do stuff like this right you know and and talk to people on school nights you know school nights work nights (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. absolutely but no for sure man that's uh it's insane anywho um i wanted to talk about northern michigan oh yeah yeah why did you go there northern michigan university what's what city is that in for the people that don't know. Marquette, Michigan. Okay. Uh, and sorry for any of you natives up there who don't like it when us trolls, people under the bridge, <laughs> talk about the UP. Wait, wait. No, it's a thing, man. Don't get into that. Okay, that? so there's a total, like, and that was always the funniest thing. Working at Northern Michigan University, I worked in their marketing department, and we were always talking about how we could draw more students from specifically the Grand Rapids area. Okay. And you want to do that in a way where you're not like showing so many people how great Marquette is because then they're going to come up and they're going to bring the lower peninsula with them. You want people that are... No way. Yeah, absolutely, man. The UP is such a slow paced. It, it is just... Do they look at lower peninsula people like... Are they like all oh, those snooty uppity city folk or something like that? It, it's not quite that. It is. It's something. I don't. I guess. <laughs> I guess it is just. It's everyone from downstate. Always came up and they were so fast paced, and you know it wasn't that where you take the time of day like, and that's something I miss. I mm. came down here and uh, I'm lucky enough. I had I got to work with founders or at founders, and yep. so I'd spend time. Uh, you know, even like walking around downtown a little bit and people would have their headphones and, and they would, of, of course, that isn't a big deal. But for me, who came from the UP, it's like you'd stop and have a conversation with someone on the street. Yeah. You'd say hi, like, how are you doing? But then they might actually answer like how they're actually doing. Yeah. And it's not just a quick, good, how are you? It's See like a small town kind of. It is. It's very much small town. It's very much, you know. and it's authentic. Yeah. And uh Outside of that, Marquette is just such a beautiful place. Like for mm-hmm. anyone who goes up and visits, you know, they're instantly drawn into not just the community, but it's, I mean, there's waterfalls all over the place. There's yeah, it's, tons of shoreline. It's, it's a really unique place and it's in Michigan. And most people, again, if you haven't been there, it's like, you would never know. It's like undeceivingly beautiful. Right. That's amazing. I, I've never been to marquette i think well we need to change if i if i have i think i was maybe like six or seven years old but yeah and what do they know what's what's the school known for like programs i i guess like what is northern michigan know? like do they have a good hockey program like oh, do they have some kind of hockey is the one d1 sport we had and, oh, cool uh, course. <laughs> yeah and all of our other sports were d2 uh, as far as i can recall okay um and but hockey was always really fun because we'd have university. I still remember it to this day. It was my first full year up there. And 
University of Michigan came up and I grew up being a Michigan fan. My dad went to Michigan. Yeah. And uh, I remember the benches crawl or the benches completely cleared and it was just a brawl. It was insane. No way. Oh yeah, the goalies hockey. goalies were going at it. It was insane. It was so cool and oh, I was like fun. this is like we were we played all the Big 10 teams. <laughs> we played Notre Dame. They came yeah. up and that was really cool, you know, getting to like be a part of that. And then the Northern broke off with a bunch of other teams closer to their region, like WCHA. Okay. Uh, which also includes Alaska teams. So, okay. Yeah. So like right. Fairbanks and stuff. So, yeah, but we'd we'd still get to play Wisconsin and a couple other big te- or big teams every once in a while. So, who were your guys's biggest rivals? Michigan Tech, man. Michigan Tech. So. Eh? There are other <laughs> schools up in the UP, but it was Northern and Michigan Tech were the big universities. Um, there was Lake State University too, but you know, they were a little. I bit... know nothing of Lake State okay, University. Well, that... <laughs> I feel like Pre- I should. Precisely. I feel bad now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. I don't. Oh, yeah. I actually know a ton about them myself, but I worked for Michigan Tech as well. Um, uh, yeah, I worked for the Traders, but uh, or I was the trader working for the rivals. I, I mean, but it, it was a pretty darn good reason to be so so yeah. like all right um you went to northern i uh, got really into like hunting and fishing and and all this uh really outdoorsman yeah you know wonderful crafts yeah and whatnot and you're still a big uh outdoorsman today yeah i uh <laughs> i mean i grew up hunting with my dad we had a or he still has the property it's about an hour and 15 minutes up north and oh nice just Good chunk of land, good chunk of woods. Not on, not any kind of cottage where you'd go and be out on the tubes or something or sure. boating. But we had this big chunk of land, and I was kind of raised on that land. So I always grew up doing that and loved it. And it actually took me going to Northern and having to hunt public property, with, with which was a totally different game. Because if you get to hunt private property, you know. You can leave your stands up. You can, right. and you don't have to worry about someone coming and stealing your cameras. That oh, that's a big thing. It happens. Theft is it's it's not the hunting business. I've heard. Yeah, it's it's hobby. not. You're not always gonna have it, but it's just one of those things you don't feel comfortable about or comfortable about. So, right. You know, I yeah, I totally get into it. Just jumped off the deep end and, <laughs> and got really involved, and still learned how to do some waterfowl hunting, which. Um, is a totally different thing and you can sit out there with all your buddies and talk the whole time yeah and, and then you watch birds come in and then you'll probably shoot like one out of the 14 that came in because you're terrible at those <laughs> it's it's totally different though it was just such a unique experience where you got to hunt with your friends right which when i had deer hunted all my life you go out and you sit by yourself you know i've never thought about that because I, I do come from a hunting family Right. Um, but I, I haven't necessarily gone a lot just because I wasn't interested in high school and then I've been gone the last like nine years. But yeah. anywho, um, yeah, duck hunting, I guess, absolutely. You could have full-blown loud conversations with friends. Oh, yeah. You know, you could hoot and holler. And but, we did. But yeah. I have gone deer hunting and that's, that is silence. Oh, yeah. You, know, you have it's, to be so quiet. And it's that too, I think, especially in my mind, I've got like crazy ADHD. And so for me, <laughs> it's everyone's like, I don't know how you can focus out in the woods. And it's like, I literally am just taking it all in. It's like my mind for some mm-hmm. reason slows down. And yeah, maybe I've got like a million thoughts going through my head, but it's... Maybe it's, it's like something. a form of a, it's therapy in a, like way, a meditation. meditation. Yeah, yeah. yeah it kind of calms me down. And 
good. This like slows me down so I can kind of like relax. Yeah, it's healthy. And yeah, even if I just go like this whole last week and I went and sat in a tree and didn't hardly see a deer, and it was a beautiful thing. You probably felt great coming yeah. back Sunday night. You yeah, know, I just... actually felt like calm and relaxed because it's time where you're not spending on a screen. Right. You don't have internet. You don't like, you just completely shut that stuff out and you just take in like, especially with these fall colors right now. There's it's... something about being in nature where people are, they come back in a elevated mood. They always do. I think so. Always. Yeah. You know? I mean, unless you're completely unless just... it's like negative 10, it's a yeah. blizzard, but... Oh, well, we have those days too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm we... sure you did, Northern yeah, Michigan. Yeah, we, we uh, had a day, I think, I think we got 26 or 28 inches of snow in a day. Okay. It was insane. Like, a couple feet. Yeah. And having to shovel three times a day is not fun, but so one of those things. So, in Kentucky, if we got... I think two inches of snow, they'd, they'd cancel class. Yeah, I know you're going to laugh at this. Yeah, they'd cancel class, maybe maybe more, maybe three or four. Yeah. Um, anywhere in Texas, any kind of snow, it's they shut the everything down. Never saw snow when I was down there. In high school, I think it was like eight inches. That's when they'd cancel, eight to ten? Yeah, it probably like. about that, depending on how icy the roads were and stuff. Too, what was but. northern? What was their threshold? Well... That's the thing, too. I mean, yes, they were commuting students, but it's a pretty small town that you can get around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a lot of kids that would cross-country ski or snowshoe to class. Snowshoe to class. Oh, there were days. And they, they're they pretty tough. Michigan Tech is even tougher. Those guys are resilient up there. Really? But yeah, they, I mean, again, that's a school that pretty much, I mean, there's very few people that commute. like, And it's a small, small town. So you can always get to school. Yeah, but it was wild the days that they didn't shut down, and I was like, I don't know how they're doing this. Like, how are we? <laughs> yeah, well, and and the thing is, too, both schools were on the water or close connection to the water. So, okay. I mean, if you get a cold breeze coming from Canada, it can uh, you have days where it's negative twenty six with the wind chill, and so you're you can't even be outside because of frostbite. It was crazy. That's insane, man. Yeah. I so can't imagine. We probably had more cold days than snow days. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I I bet your your summers. Uh, did you spend some summers up there? Yeah. I got like two or three summers in. Those must have been perfect. Yeah. Like beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, again, so much shoreline. And for those who have that like explorer side to them, that is, it is the perfect place. And half those things you would never even imagine are in the state of Michigan. Nice. Water, huge 100-foot waterfalls, and you would never know unless you were to really go out and explore that. That's a good point, man. Uh, throughout my travels, you know, I, I tell people I'm from Michigan, and a lot of the things that I've heard and the feedback I've gotten over the years is, oh, I only know about Detroit. It's a pretty gross place, isn't it? I'm like, I mean, parts of Detroit aren't nice, yeah, but that's not Michigan. Right. Like, that there's is, so much more to it. Like, our is. lakes look like oceans, you right. know? Uh, we yeah we have waterfalls our autumn colors are beautiful like we have a lot of beer there's right. so much history it's a beautiful beautiful state right and we're known for so much more outside of just Detroit and cars I know man it's but that's a lot of a lot of people around the world that's their perception of Michigan totally I mean and yeah. you could list off tons of states and I'd be like yep don't know much about that state right I don't know I don't know shit about West Virginia you know or like Nebraska corn yeah you know but i'm yeah, sure there's like, like exactly yeah, beautiful corn. pockets and endearing yeah. parts of it <laughs> yeah or i hear idaho is like incredibly beautiful i've heard that too like yeah super great hunting yeah 
exactly (laughs) really good fishing too so yeah i mean it's it's interesting again from that outsider's perspective what is michigan and we'll have kids when i worked at uh northern we had a kid come from texas and he was like like winter hit and all of a sudden he was like oh man i didn't even know this was a thing he didn't have any winter gear and like it's in all of our pamphlets like if you actually read them we get a lot of snow. You got to just learn to embrace it. And there's cool stuff to do. Like pond hockey, you go get schooled by all the local little kids. No, I'm sure. All of those kids were like, we're born in skates. So right. Yeah. They're incredible. born on the ice. Yeah. They're yeah. incredible. So, so how much thicker and stronger are the accents up there comparatively to the lower peninsula? Yeah, you definitely get, I mean, you might confuse it depending on it does depend if you're like in marquette which is the biggest city in the up uh-huh. it's you definitely have access you definitely okay. have the oh yeah you betcha a uh-huh. that kind of stuff a lot of a's Jeez. Being <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh it's it's i mean you spent time in wisconsin you ever hear uh, oofta oh yeah oofta yeah oofta nice. yeah it's uh <laughs> i mean i don't think i could define oofta but i i think it's it's more like an, an expression expression like yeah, yeah, it's yeah like, a response like oh oofta. Oof. right right yeah yeah, man, no, for sure. In, in Wisconsin, like, uh, surprisingly, I spent a good amount of time up north in the Green Bay area. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, accents are strong up there, dude. Yeah, you hear a, a lot, lot stronger. of... stronger. Yeah, you hear a lot of, oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry, didn't see you there. Sorry. Bye. Yeah, no, uh, so. they say A's stronger, like, uh, ba- uh, bag. I, they would say bag. bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, like, bag. And then, like, socks, they would say sacks. Okay, Sex. I got a question. Closet. So there's like, <laughs> there's know. this thing that people do in the UP. You go sit in a wooden room with a heater, and then you put water on the heater. Boil water. Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you call that room? Uh oh, I don't know. You can go sit at the YMCA, and they've got these rooms. Oh, a sauna. Said it wrong. Sauna. If, if you said sauna in the UP. They're like, oh no, it's a sauna. A soda. It's a soda. Oh, oh yeah, you say that fun. wrong and you get torched. You're oh, like, that's... you're like such an idiot if you say sauna. It's a, it's the funniest thing. Oh wow. They take that. It's a bunch. Of, it's like a bunch of fins up there. And yeah. They take their sonas very seriously. Oh yeah. So is sauna culture a big thing up in oh, the yeah. north? Yeah, that's like. I mean, it's it much more so than like a hot tub. Everyone's because it's really good for your skin. Too. It's great for you. Yeah. And so that's something that I think again when you think of like the most frigid winter and you think of going and sitting and sweating outside right i mean it's it's a really interesting thing but yeah everyone's got (laughs) sonas outside nice yeah it's cool it's cool that i think that would be something fun to build uh do you envision yourself building that someday in grand rapids uh i have actually talked about that with lauren and she is not a big sauna person not yet sauna person exactly (laughs) yeah not yet and it's one of those things that you really got to get because no one really likes to get sweaty it's just not a thing you know like you feel dirty then you feel like you got to shower and stuff but like really once you understand like you're purifying yourself like it really does clean out your skin like Mm -hmm. it's really good for you sweating is is one of the best things you can do right consistently even yeah Yeah. and so yeah it's one of those 
weird things that I think, yeah, I think eventually I would love to have a Sona down here. Well, keep me updated on your, on your Sona <laughs> yes. adventures. Yes, absolutely. I'll, I'll be very curious. <laughs> yes. Well, monthly updates. I'd love to share that with you. <laughs> yeah. So you had a, an amazing time at Northern and I didn't know this about you in high school. Uh, I don't even know if this was an interest or passion you had in high school, but I had no idea you were a graphic designer and you were into uh, creativity when it when it came to designing things and illustrating and drawing and whatnot. What did that come about in college? Did that come about in high school? Uh, yeah, I think I've always had like a creative streak to me. As far as you know, like in art classes, I was pretty all right in middle school. I like even going back as far as that like i always had like a passion for it and i enjoyed it and i think that was just because it was the first class i had to not take notes in i didn't have to like okay. you know have a structure i could just do my own thing yeah i think there's so many kids that deal with that same issue and it's I think just more free the class structure these days and even testing and all that stuff which is a huge topic in itself but i think that is like really stressful and tough for kids a lot of kids and i think i mean more and more kids every day are coming out and being diagnosed with adhd or add sure and so for me yeah it's one of those things i always like kind of enjoyed and i would in high school i was always doodling i would i had the same kind of pen i would always draw with and nice but i would i would love that and i actually had a high school teacher art teacher reach out to my parents and say like look your son's got something here i think he needs like refinement of course he needs to like keep working at it but he's really passionate about there's potential here yeah and and my dad who at the time was like straight like oh you're gonna get a business degree you're gonna because like if if he had his dream we one of his sons at least would have gone and taken over some of the real estate and that kind of business from him sure and ultimately we none of us really went that path which i think yeah i think it's totally fine but uh for him he just always pushed me towards like that business degree and so okay for me i was never really like thinking it was a serious thing but and then i got to community college and i was just taking some gen eds there and had another teacher reach out and be like you like saw me doodling in classes and stuff and said like you really do have a passion for this you should pursue it like go check out graphic design get involved somewhere you know nice and so, yeah, I came in to, I was late uh, at Northern Michigan University. I didn't do all four years there because mm-hmm. I was at CC. So I was kind of behind the eight ball. All those kids had had those like 100 level classes where they had a bunch of experience and, with the programs and, or at least a little bit. And I just did not know what I was doing. So at that point, it was kind of <clears> like the rubber needs to hit the road. I need to get caught up here. And so, sure. yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I wasn't sure like the likelihood of making a career out of something like this, but that creative outlet's always kind of been there for me. So nice. I had no idea about that, uh, about you, yeah. you know, being that creative in high school. I just, I don't know. I don't think that was our relationship where it ever would have come out. Cause I was, I didn't go to school with you, right? you know? So I didn't see you carrying around a notebook and doodling, which I mean, I probably would pick on you if you did. Right. But and in a healthy I mean, if you would have seen me at Northern Michigan University as a graphic design student, mm-hmm. I did not. In fact, one day I came in, I had it was opening day of bow season. Sure. And I had a presentation at 10 o'clock. So I went and hunted the morning, early morning, came in. I still had like face paint on and <laughs> oh had to give my, my presentation. And 
I, I just did not fit in just necessarily. Like a combat veteran, yeah. you know? Yeah, <laughs> full camo. And, yeah. and so it was just like one of those things where I realized like, you know, I may not fit in that like artist lifestyle necessarily completely, but I've always had that like creative part to me where I've really, really loved. And I think too, uh, graphic design specifically has that like problem solving aspect to it. Right. You know, how can I make this work more efficiently or how can I make it look and like more user friendly? You know, there's always a, there's always a question and a problem to right. be solved. You know, how can I make this person's brand or identity really relate to their, what they're going for here? And so, right. It's always like that problem solving kind of aspect. And I mean, even though the brand and identity of the graphic designer, uh, in this sense, you, of course, like you are a pretty outdoors rustic guy, you know, and this just from going to Northern hunting a lot, you know, playing pond hockey, going to sonas and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, but going into that field, like it's, it's, you're already making yourself niche in a way. And so from there, what was your first uh, big break? Was it working with Michigan Tech or was it with Northern Michigan? Because you were their head graphic designer. Or not their head, but doing graphic design work for them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it was my senior year and there's still classes going on. And I had a interview with Michigan Tech before I was even graduated, which was really cool. Um, and I had my second interview the day after graduation just to like, you know, go up there and actually check it out. But, yeah. And uh, it was uh, one of those things that, um, I guess, so what was your specific question? How do I answer? I, I guess, um, h- how did that come to be? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I was actually as a s- student designer and uh, I worked for Northern as a student and I was like just trying to take it in any way I could learn as much as I could. And I worked really, really hard. And so the, my boss at the time actually called up to Michigan tech where he had a connection. They like pretty much hired me immediately. Nice. So it was like the day after I graduated pretty much, I moved up. So so what did they have you do? What was like their first, they were like, Jordan, we need help with this, you know, uh, design this. Well, what was that? Uh, I mean, I would do magazines for them. I, they were both schools were rebranding ah. at the time, and so I got to help out with not the logo at Michigan Tech, but I got to help out with some of the like extra branding stuff, and sure. that was really cool. And you know, some really cool uh, magazine stuff that they were doing, like alumni magazines, stuff like that. Where you know, it's again not the most exciting work. It's not like, but it's something you can hang your hat on and say, as a young kid just out of college, I'm getting some real opportunity oh it's great experience so, at yeah. the end of the day yeah, especially yeah. if you have two big name universities on your resume right and i i mean if you guys I'll, I'll tag this in the instagram post too but i'll tag jordan's instagram you should check out jordan's instagram it's really really cool like the designs that you have you've done a lot of really fun Thanks, cool stuff just not not only for your, your current job which we'll dive into right but like it seems like you have a lot of side I don't want to say hustles, but friends and acquaintances that are like, hey, man, could you help me out with this? And then you whip something up and it's like, whoa, dude, that is sweet. Yeah, yeah, that is something that I I think that those are the jobs that make me the happiest, I think. Yeah. Like when I have someone who's like, especially someone I know and like I can take their idea or whatever and make it into the, what they're like 
especially it's like if I can like help them take the next step towards their side hustle or right. towards them making their next big move, you know, if it's huge, man. a logo or if it's whatever. And I can't take all those on all the time. Unfortunately, I think, Oh yeah, you're a busy guy. I, well, and I, I eventually, I think I'd love to do that. I think I'd love to work for myself and I think I'd love to, you know, have that design agency kind of feel where I can, you know, really put more time into that isn't that always the dream to work right. for yourself someday yeah. right and someday i could actually again with a lot of hard work and i still have a ton to learn but i do think that that's a real honest possibility i mean well so. no rush because you already have a super cool ass job right now so yeah. you are a graphic designer for founders brewing here in grand rapids um what what do you work on for founders uh well my first year i took on a lot of the uh uh, kind of smaller projects it was a lot of the uh um sales reps from really around the world at that point and they would have events or they would have specific needs where they needed something custom designed i would do a lot of that Mm -hmm. uh, and manage some design assets but in this past year i've been able to work with some really cool campaigns and get to do some branding and uh, for like Oktoberfest, I got to be a part of that, which, uh, for anyone who's listening, if you've ever heard of art prize, that was actually designed for the art prize beer this year, which oh. was postponed due to COVID of course. Uh, with everything else. But it was, uh, one of those opportunities where, um, it was going to be like, you know, that cool piece that I got to, cause I've dreamed about being an art prize since I was a kid going to art prize when it was just starting. And, and then that got so big and, right. and so cool. And right. I had never, and I could submit a piece anytime I want, I guess, but I just had never done that. I mean, it, it'll, it'll fall into place for you someday. Right. You'll know. But yeah. yeah, it was that first cool tie to like designing something for my city in a sense. Yeah. A lot of pride uh, in right. doing that, right? Yeah. And again, I get to work with an incredible team who helped me get to that point and helped that beer and that label get to that point. But I mean, ultimately, it did come down to, you know, being from a sketch level to my computer to on a can and on all the packaging. And it was a really cool opportunity. So, yeah, I do. I mean, outside of that, I do tons of uh, campaign work. So if you see anything in stores, like a lot of that campaign and promotional stuff. um, So, yeah, you've done billboards for for founders, right? Yeah. so, So you'll also do like point of sale uh, you know, stuff in tons of that and, and uh, grocery stores and whatnot. Yeah. What, uh, what cans have you designed? What, what beers? So right now it's, I got to like Centennial. That was a brand that we just redesigned and I didn't, that wasn't my design, but I was along with that process and we all worked together to get it to where it was at. Okay. Ultimately it was the other designer who it was an incredible design. I think it fits the brand super well. I don't and, think I've seen the new one. Oh, it's, I don't we can know if pull I pull it up after. Yeah, we can pull it up after. But yeah. uh yeah, I got to like see that one and we had research uh from a firm that, you know, goes and finds your demographic and they ask them all these questions about how they feel and what they run or what like resonates with them and, and right. what they think this brand is supposed to be. And so from there you get all these things that come into your head and you have to try to <laughs> put all that on paper and make it look as like sweet too, because you gotta right. have you know, something that stands out. And especially if you've ever walked down a beer aisle, you know, 
Oh yeah, it's, a, it's colorful, man. Yeah, there, there's a lot pulling you in. The brightest you know, and coolest illustrations in the world, and, and, the, and just, the wackiest names, right. you know, like zombie dust. Yeah, <laughs> zombie space dust. Right, right. Okay. Voodoo ranger. Voodoo yeah. ranger. All great yeah. beers. Yeah, magic yeah. hat. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's it's just one of those things where I'm I started and was taking on some smaller projects, but it's it's been a lot of growth in the last year, and I'm. You've been blossoming and blooming. Right. And, <laughs> and continuing to try to like, you know, put my name out there. If, if I can, you know, get on another big opportunity like that, I'm definitely going to try to get after it. But I love yeah. it, man. Keep on growing and refining your skills. Exactly. It, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I definitely wanted to touch on founders just because obviously uh, what people do for a living, it's very, very much so a part of your identity. Right. You know, yeah. it, it truly is. Yeah. Uh, I was drinking Natty Light before. Yeah, that's the founders. So there we go. That's a true life confession. Sorry. Sorry, founders. Sorry. Sorry, founders. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this. So, you know, you know, when I do these podcasts, like the day of or the day before, I'm like, all right, what do I want to ask? You know, my old friend here. Uh, I was thinking, dude, haven't you broken your nose like nine times? No. No, I've had. <laughs> or I've you've had, broken your face. I've had. <laughs> I've had ton concussions, so don't broken my head. Okay, I, I've had a lot of concussions, hence the ADHD and the uh, OCD at times. But I've broken my nose. Okay, so I broke my nose twice playing soccer. Okay, and I actually had a nose surgery because of it. Uh, I got they like re they shaved down a ton of scar tissue because they said I was only getting like two percent of the oxygen. That I was like, because it was just, it was bad. So you had a septum plasty. Yeah. 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 That's when they like, right, your septum isn't right. right, And they cauterized it too, so it stopped. I would get bloody noses all the time for no reason. Oh, man. So, yeah. (laughs) Yes. They had to break my nose that time too. So technically three times breaking my nose. Goodness. Not not nine times. It is big and it's ugly, but it's... I'm exaggerating. It's it's nine. That's insane, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't... You had something along those lines too at yeah, one point, or you we had... were broken nose brothers. That's right. Uh, I I just was stupid and I I slipped on some ice while cracking a girl's oh. back. <laughs> and I <laughs> fell on my face and I remember this story. Oh, not oh. a good one. So I ended up walking to the hospital, but yeah, nonetheless. I, and then another time, I just you know stood up too quick and, and face planted. So yeah. I, I wish they were mainly or like I was playing pond hockey and you know, I slipped yeah, in the sauna yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, the the gruesome one was we were, it was a night game at Christian High and we were playing under the lights and it was raining and I was the goalie. So I, the ball came in, it was coming in hot and I, instead of like trying to grab it, cause I had tried to grab it earlier and it was like slippery in my hands. Mm. So I just did what most goalies will do. And I'll like, I just dove and like Push pushed, it out of the way. pushed it out. Yeah. To make sure I had two flat hands behind it. So it wasn't getting past me. Yep. Uh, but as I was doing that, a kid came and took a full swing at the ball. And I pushed the ball just ahead of time, and my arms did not block his foot. And he just broke my nose sideways over my face. Oh, dude. And I bled, and I bled. And then my coaches tried to pick me up, like, my arms over their shoulders, and I, like, collapsed almost. And oh, man. So then they are like, all right, we need to, like, really get you off this field. You're bleeding all over our new <laughs> stadium. and you know, so. was, that, was that junior year, senior year? Uh, that would have been junior year. Okay. I went in towards the end of the game, so I was a backup at that point. And gotcha. Yeah. Who went in that for you? You uh, were the backup. Huh? You were the backup. Yeah. So who was the backup backup after you? 
Uh, did you guys have a third string? There was another kid. Uh, I don't know if you would have remembered him, uh, John Vanderlaan, who he ended up. And then it went into this story goes a long ways. We he and I split time junior year. If there was like if we were up by enough, we would go in. One okay. of us would. Uh, and then, conveniently, senior year they told us we were going to split time again. And eh. no senior wants to hear that. Like you've worked so hard. Yeah. And we were like coaches you should just make a decision and they said no you're gonna split time and so i was like well i'm not gonna just sit on the bench for half of my year so i ended up doing something that i still kind of regret and i just quit i was like gave up the season yeah i was like and i think ultimately too he and i battled it out quite a bit and i didn't have the experience that he did because he had been doing it for longer but i had you were good, man. I was. I remember you were pretty darn good. I was pretty all right. I you, thought, you had quick reflexes. Yeah, I and I, I. How tall are you? You're like six three. Aren't I'm you? six four now. Yeah. Yeah, you're a tall guy too. Yeah, you were that tall back then. I had uh, pretty good hands too when it came to it. I I always was. I don't know. I felt like I was. Again, I'm not trying to relive these glory <laughs> days. Dude, don't know. But I was. I was, yourself up. I thought I was. I thought I was a really pretty strong option for them and then they just basically didn't want to make a decision and i thought that yeah. was lame and john vanderland thought it was lame too he's like you know we have worked this long to hear you guys just say who's a starter right i might have even stayed on the team had they said john was the starter right off the bat right because then i could have worked towards it but they said we were going to split time for the whole season frustrating not yeah. a chance i can see that yeah I'm so not- out of any of the concussions is, is there one that like you're like whoa like this is an insane story. How did I get a concussion this way? Or they all just kind of like spunked my head. Uh, stories, you know. I did have a couple bonk my head. I had a couple stupid concussions, like skitching behind a car. <laughs> we were uh, oh my god longboarding, and my buddy like kind of pulled over to the side of the road because the car was coming, and I was being a hot dog, and yeah. my tire or my board hit the tire, which shot it backwards. Yeah, my head smacked the pavement and bounced up, and but. The worst one was actually from Brooks. And, well, Brooks and, Wilcox, eh? and yeah, and Joey, who was our good buddy, Joey DeYoung, and uh, it was at lacrosse practice, and we were going for a ground ball, and Brooks and I were on the same team, and Joey was on the opposite team. He was trying to get the ground ball, and Brooks's job was to box Joey out, and I was going to go get the ball. Okay. Well, Brooks gave Joey a little push, and Joey came back harder and stronger and pushed brooks in the back so brooks and i went head to head oh and it was a crack and from there i ended up in the hospital for a couple days i was a couple days yeah i oh, was a bad didn't one. remember my mom's name didn't know oh like wow I, yeah i was and it did eventually come back but i was like intubated as like breathing tube they must have been terrified yeah uh that was actually a real real serious one it was it was not good well dude you so, are you're you know, quick as can be today. You know, and is <laughs> yeah, the shiny's a light bulb. So yeah. you're you're good, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am luckier than ever. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you can get lasting effects, and yeah, somehow um, I've had enough concussions too. And your cheese stayed right on your cracker. You're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy moly. So, um, all right, you ready for some meat, meat and potatoes questions? These are uh, so. I guess the first half. It's kind of like the background of Jordan. Like, what are you doing? Who are you married to? Where do you live? Right. You know, what'd you do? Yada, yada. Now he's just kind of like, I don't know, 
some ran- rando yeah, questions okay. um, Shoot. that I picked up. So for when have you felt your biggest adrenaline rush? If there's any moment in time or any memory that you can reflect on. Wow. That is a great question. Um, holy cow. I, I don't know, man. There's I can't so, even think of one for me, so right, you're good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can tell you like all of these hunting stories where it was like the coolest experience and it just happened so perfectly. Those are insane adrenaline rushes. And because, well, and I had one which didn't come into fruition and I, I this was probably, well, it's one that's sticking out to me now. And mm-hmm. I was out hunting and found this or put up this tree stand way out in the back of our property. And yeah. I was like, I've never hunted here. I don't know, like, you know, how this is going to work out. Sure. Went and hunted that night. And I had this massive buck come straight towards me. It was, I think it was 11 points. And I didn't know if it knew where I was, but it was, it was, it could smell me. It knew something was not right. Right. And it was standing there and it ended up, presenting itself like semi broadside i did have a shot oh but man. i was shaking so bad in my tree stand and i'm standing and so i was i was like trying to draw back my bow but not like give myself a great answer either. dude and so i i there's a saying for that in the hunting world isn't it like it's generally with new hunters too where the first time you see like the big one yeah you you can't control the shakes right it yeah. was the biggest buck I've ever seen, like alive at least. I know yeah. my buddies have shot some big ones I've been able to see, but that experience, and I I was, I stood there and I was like, this deer <laughs> is like so incredible, but I didn't, and the thing was, it wasn't that I like couldn't get the, sh- or that I wasn't going to be able to get the shot off, but I just wanted to make sure if I was going to take the shot, it was going to be the best shot possible. Right. And right. to not wound the deer and to make sure. Right. You don't want to suffer, you know. Exactly. And yeah. so. You know, that's something where most guys too, and I've talked to a lot of guys and again, I don't agree with this, but the guys are like, if I saw a buck that big, I'd shoot it no matter what, you know, even yeah, if Yeah, there's, there's people and, out there with that attitude towards hunting. Right. And at that point, it's like, that's not, I don't, I don't like that. That's, that's not, not, that's not, see hunting, hunting in my opinion, there's an art to it and, a respect. and there's a respectful way yes. to, to go about it. You yeah. Know? You don't kill just to kill. Exactly. You know? like, and I, Yeah. I think that adrenaline rush, but there's other things too. That's a great one. Um, I would say, you know, interview process for founders. There was a couple times where it was like, because it's, it's this like these raw random questions that they're, I almost thought they were trying to trip me up now looking back and knowing. Do you remember any of the questions? Uh, they asked me if I was on death row, what my final meal would be. Fascinating. And I thought that was this whole Why time I was that? right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, so they're cause one of their big pillars at founders is family being very important to them. So I said something along the lines of like a home cooked meal from my mom, like this one meal that she used to make just for me. And brilliant. And I, cause I was like trying to connect why they were asking me such a crazy question. Yeah. And it turns out they just ask everyone that. Oh really? They're uh, just, just curious. Yeah, they're just curious. They asked all sorts of questions, and I was, and they asked me to, because at this time, I had only had like really crazy serious interviews, uh, and Founders was a little bit more laxed. But it, I was thinking because it's such a big company, it was like this dream job. Like, I mean, they, I think they told me that like 
almost 800 people applied for that job and wow. and so for me to come in and have these interviews i was like thinking like these are all like psychological there's there is a right answer <laughs> and so i was like trying to figure out how to answer these and yeah no they're looking they're looking for your behavior right and i think day. two they were looking for you know that behavior and character yeah good, and being mold, able to connect know? to yeah your, the the team or whatever so ultimately like what I've had to interview a lot of people. Right. Ultimately, what I've learned is that like you really want to like the people you work with. Exactly. Having that innate ability to connect with somebody right. goes a long way. Yeah. And just being genuine, too. I think that is... And you kind of realize that with founders, too. The more you're around like these people, they're just... They're genuine good people. And, yeah. And so it's, it's that thing, like, we don't want anyone here who's not going to fit into that. And the people that do come into founders that... They don't last you know, long. They get weeded right, out. Probably, exactly. Right? They just, and it's almost like, it's not, it's more of a natural thing. It's not like we're attacking them. It's just like, they're not fitting in. And then they, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's really weird to the describe. The process works itself out, right? Right. But it's, yeah. I will say it's like, we do, we have so many good people that work for us. And ultimately you have to, I feel like you have to be a good person and be genuine. And I think that is something that does stand out especially in their interview process. Well, hopefully uh, the more time I, I hang out with you, I get to meet some more of these wonderful, beautiful people at Founders. Dude, we'll get you in there. I'm, I just <laughs> got We'll find the right spot and we'll make sure, again, just even... Oh, I just want to hang out with them, man. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you'd be great selling beer. I, I, I'd kick ass at selling beer. I know I would. <laughs> It'd be fun. I know. <laughs> but yeah. gotta, we'll keep that thought in the back burner, right, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on to that one. So... Jordan, do you think um, do you think there's anything that people misunderstand about you? Oh. Um, I will say one thing is I and I, I don't always let it show, but I have a very sarcastic sense of humor, and sometimes people don't get that. You do, but it's kind. It's yeah. I'm usually not too like harsh with it. And I get the like sarcasm from my mom. She's very sarcastic and she's very witty and it's, it's, it's a good thing. But I remember, you know, even like moving in with these new guys from Northern when I was living there and I would have super sarcastic remarks and they thought I was dumb. Oh, really? Like, I'd like <laughs> they took it super literally. Oh no, the sun isn't bright. Like something stupid. And I was just like joking around. Like, you know, sarcasm yeah. is a sign of intelligence. It, they, they've done clinical studies on it like people who are more sarcastic are more likely to be intelligent yeah oh wow you smarty pants you I feel very <laughs> you little smarty pants now. yeah I guess I didn't know that that's that no, but no it was like that was something like I do have a little bit of a sarcastic sense of humor yeah um I do I think I don't know. I think, yeah, that's probably the big thing that I feel like is misunderstood. Sure. Um, I, that's a really good question. I feel like I want to really think about that. It makes you really, really self-reflect. Right. Because you know? everybody, I think, in the world has these things where, like, man, I, I feel like people misjudge me or misinterpret me right. for X, Y, and Z. But it's not something you actively think about, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's probably something important to, to dig up every once in a while. Yeah, to absolutely. Just peruse I that think... thought. I think that's a really great question as far as, you know, thinking about how others perceive you instead yeah. of like, you know, you don't think about that all the time. Right. So it's fascinating. Yeah. 
Um, okay, here's a fun one for you. So if you could have dinner with somebody alive or dead, uh, it could be like an icon, legend, star, family member, uh, who would it be and why? Alive or dead? Yeah. Uh, like a role model, you know. If I... I think, and this is, again, a quick answer. Maybe there's something deeper that I'd want to think about on that one. But I'd say Johnny Cash. Oh, good one. He, you know, I named my dog Cash after him. And I have always, my dad loved his music. And I remember riding up to the cabin, which was a happy place for me. And he would always play one of his Johnny Cash albums. Nice. And so, for me, I always listened to his music. And, you know, that's, his story is just wild. You know, I mean... Um, the highs and lows of it and the brilliance of his lyrics and yeah you know, I, I mean there's tons of people too like you could say especially like in the music world everyone's telling such beautiful stories and and how I mean it's truth it's part of them it's very the pure part. at least especially and we talked about this a little bit too is like in the country music because that's a lot of primarily what I listen to and mm. you know some of that older country like you just you feel it like yeah you feel the lyrics and like how true that rang in their life at that time and i think there's something really beautiful about that and i think the the badass nature of johnny cash but also the finesse at the end of the day he was he was a poet and he was someone who poured his heart and soul on a page and yeah, man. the the gravel in his voice you could just feel it right it's, so i think he He's probably got some cool stories I'd want to hear. That's an excellent answer. Yeah, yeah I I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I do the remember Walk seeing. The line. Yeah, Walk yeah. the Line. Joaquin Phoenix just crushed. It. He's yeah. an amazing actor for yeah. one. Uh, but I'd, I'd love to hear about the the Folsom Prison concert, right? Right. You know, it wasn't that the first time a musician truly had a concert at a prison. It was, and I think it was one of. Don't quote Folsom? me on this. Uh, I'm not certain. That's Maybe one either. to look up. But I think yeah. it was one of the like first live recordings, of like playing an album and just having that live audience because ah. he even says to or like i've watched some of those old videos like youtube videos and stuff and it's like yeah so don't swear you can't swear and make sure you don't say piss or ass or anything <laughs> and, and the it's worst just, of them all yeah it's just hilarious because you're just like this guy got the crowd that he was talking to and you know yeah. at the end of the day he was that salesman of like you know here's my story but it relates to you too and he pandered to the people very very well but yeah, and it was a, in a way where it was honest. and It he was, was edgy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he did not give a shit no. about what other people... So I respect that. And there's that <laughs> one poster, poster of him. Flip, flick, flicking every bird. Yeah, dude. Oh. Like, that, that poster is super iconic. I'm like... I don't know guy. how I don't have that framed on my wall. That is... Here. I, I got to make that happen. Would make it happen, yeah. man. You should. Yeah. He, he would be probably my all-time... I mean, there's a lot of people I'd love to say, of course, but... There's always got to be one that like surmounts them. Right. I like that. That's yeah. a great answer, bro. Yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. So on the topic of music, is there a musical artist that you've you've really been into lately? Is there one that just is kind of poking out in your brain the last couple of weeks or months? Oh man. Um. So interestingly enough, I because music has like always been such a huge part of my life. I've like always loved music. Um. But lately, I've really been listening to like a lot more like podcasts and and I don't know. 
like different stuff. You could, just, you could throw out a podcast. Well, I mean, and how ridiculous is it to say like someone like Joe Rogan, but it's because he of how he like directs the conversation, but has different voices too that come on, and it's not one perspective. It's not one storyline that he's. Right. And yes, people don't agree with everything he says or everything that his guests say, but he's able to get that truth out of them. And that's interesting to me. And so for me to be able to reflect on that too, it's, it's interesting. Um, he, his podcast, what I've learned is like, uh, it encourages you to keep an open mind, right? You know, cause he'll have on a doctor, a lawyer, somebody who farms mushrooms for right. a living, you know, he'll, he'll have on somebody who started their own cult, right? You know, tons of different crazy perspectives, somebody far right, somebody far left, you know, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's and it's just that like ultimate empathy of being able to like try to hear where someone else came from. Right. You know, their perspective. Not just like, no, I don't believe that. It's no, like, well, why do you believe that? What is the conversation here? Because there's a story that's a story. not being told and let's yeah. tell it, you know. This is your platform. This right. is your time. Let us know. And I think, you know, he's got a great way of like leading the conversation but letting them talk. You know, like yeah. having that like end goal of like these are the questions I want to ask and like this is the information I want to get from you but it's it's that like I want you to do the talking I want you to you know it's like he subtly guides them right away yeah no he's what's fascinating about him too is that he's been doing this longer than anybody right. in the industry he started I think in like 2008 or right. 9 and so he's gotten probably dramatically better and or yeah and it's a skill learned yeah right yeah it's it and that's great I uh as far as music too, I want to give you an artist because I think there's. You can think on it, and then yeah, we can circle me, back. Okay, let me see if I can think. Yeah, on maybe that. something will pop in the noggin. Yeah. All right. Um. So tell me a strength of yours outside of the workplace. I think a strength of mine. Um. And depending on the day, Lauren might uh, tell you otherwise. But I think for the most part, I'm pretty thoughtful. I like, I, I mean, it's maybe it's the little things. Maybe it's something that I can do to help someone else. And I think really being able to, um, you know, again, maybe it's that like having a little bit of empathy of just understanding where someone else came from or being able to listen to someone and just like, just listen. And that's something that I don't think we do enough and I <clears throat> definitely need to work on still, but I'd like to think that I've got that a little bit of a thoughtful side to me. Like, you know, if Lauren's got like a big day the next day, maybe it's me waking up with her, even though she gets to work earlier and I get her coffee going or I get her lunch set up or, you know, there's things that, and again, it's not all the time, but it's, it's just being able to read that and hopefully, you know, feel where that person's at and connect with them in that way i would echo that 100 percent, man the 10 years i've known you uh you absolutely i would consider you a very very empathetic and thoughtful person like you, you are thinking of others seriously I, yeah i, I really I, mean I like that. to think so i yeah and i think that again a lot of that comes from you know being the youngest i had two older brothers and so i saw both of them go through a lot of struggles and mm -hmm. i got to like they, i was always home so they could always come talk to me and right um, I mean, until we grew up and, and moved out of the house, but it was, it was always that like, I was a sounding board like both my brothers would talk to me. Right. My mom would come talk to me sometimes. And it was just that I wasn't necessarily a voice of reason cause I didn't have their experience. 
but I knew that if it was just listening and maybe, you know, you knew how, how and when to show compassion and care. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's something that is not necessarily you're born with. I think it's something that you kind of curate. Yeah. And, uh, you, it's a skill you grow. Over and time. yeah, I, again, as I said, I could definitely be more thoughtful. I could definitely care more. And, but it's something to like, you know, I do, I want to be able to say like, I take pride in that too. I, that's something I want to get better at all the time because I think, especially in today's world, there's so many people with hurt and there's so many people, I mean, you don't know anyone's story unless right. you've taken the time to listen because someone, and if it's politics, if you're so far one side and someone's so far the other side, well, why are we not having the conversation in between? Right. And it's not politics. It's, it's humans. Why are we so drawn one way or the other? And why are we not having that conversation to start? And then maybe that leads to further conversation. Right. You know, I think a lot could be solved there. And I think we're not listening. And the solution's always empathy and love at the end of the day. Right. You know, it's 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 not hate and it's, it's not negative sentiment. It's not social media. It's not because I think <laughs> in social media I'm it's the toughest part. I'm someone who as a designer I look at all these other designers too and I see how great they are and I'm like, someday I wanna be that great. But <laughs> every time I feel like I get so much better at something in my work again not to go back to work necessarily but just to say like then someone else is better at it that's yeah. an aspect of life though and and that's hard to not do right constantly compare yourself to others right i know i mean we are adults but i know adult adults like people in their <laughs> 50s and 60s and yeah, 70s that still pseudo adults pseudo right yeah. but they compare themselves to others too and so right. I, I think step one is acknowledging it and recognizing it which is one of what you're doing and right. step two is just you know, making little tweaks and, you know, uh, mindset changes over time. Right. And I always think back to about like, you can run track and you can run against your opponent, but you're really running against yourself. You Dude, know? that's a great analogy. Have that PR. What's next for you? Because you're going to keep setting those PRs and then someday you're going to look back and say that person or that personal record of mine when back in the day when it was like, have this mastered or whatever you're gonna be like that's hilarious because i've been doing that like that's like second hand to me now yeah and so but and i think that's all aspects of your life it's not just design i think there's so much more it can be applied to it's like just don't run against somebody else run against yourself you know set those goals right it's not about winning the race your first time it's about stepping up and doing it again and learning from failures too i think yeah that's something especially our society gets away with where we are like so afraid to fail now you know you know you, know, you said that uh learning from failures uh you know shell silverstein silverstein he, he wrote those really fun books yeah for little yeah, kids yeah. that yeah. were like yeah black and white i think but uh there is they're poems right <clears throat> i think he had a title of a book called falling up Yep. And the underlying premise of it is that like when you fall down, you're not falling down. You know, you're you're rising right. because you're learning from your mistakes. So you're technically falling up. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful, man. Yeah. And so I, I think just to echo that, right. Right. You know, failure is so healthy. Right. It's so good for you, man. Molding your character. And yeah, I think, I, don't, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's like the winner of the race or whatever is just the guy who was willing to step up to the plate one more time and do it because the last time he did it he mm. wasn't the winner so persistence too yeah it's it's that again learning from mistakes and being able to say like i can do better next time you know yeah 
and challenge. I think too, we need to challenge ourselves more. I think we need to, you know, hold ourselves accountable and just say like, you know, if you're not happy with the outcome, like what small goals, what small steps can you take to push those and to get to where you want to be and not look at it as like, I need to be here now. I need to have this now. It's like, just continue to build because you'll get there. It's just patience too. And not everyone's got that. I get that. Dude, you're young, but you are wise. Well, you listen to, I'm telling you, you man, you to some people and I, again, man, I just, I've got a lot to learn myself. And I we just, all do for sure. I think it's again, one of those great things. And I also think that like, I, I love listening to old guys or ladies talk in the and, sauna in the sauna. <laughs> yeah. Usually they're naked and I'm sitting there with like bathing suit on and right. yeah, no, nine towels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> No, but some of the wisdom those guys can shed on you and it just, it blows your mind. You're like, this is something, and my dad always said it too. He's like, I made a lot of mistakes in life. And what mm-hmm. I'm hoping is that you can learn from my mistakes, and not have to make them yourself, you know? Right. And so often we don't learn from those because we're not paying attention or understanding at the age that we were at. We're too know? wrapped up into our own shit. Right. You know? And we're not realizing that like, this is a problem that's been solved before mm-hmm. but we're not acknowledging like we can we can take that answer in without having i don't know no i, I know what you're trying to say yeah, you're yeah, right i'm it's, not saying it as eloquently as yeah i would think but no man you've, you've got your head screwed on pretty darn tight so in a, in a good way <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, not, not a, that's it's uh it's very insightful man i appreciate yeah, that absolutely so a few more questions and i think we should wrap it up um so uh do you have a cherished cherished childhood memory like is there any uh yeah moment in time that just really really pokes out for you like um does that have to be like a positive memory or like a... uh, it could be negative it could be positive it could be happy sad hmm that is a really interesting question I, i'm I childhood a cherished childhood memory. Like I'll, I'll try and think of and see if even I have one <clears throat> that's super cherished. Yeah, but most of these questions when I write them down, I don't really think on them for myself too. Right. Dude, so when, no, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wait, wait, I should think of one for myself, and I'm like, I'm asking them tough questions. Well, how, <laughs> like, how? What is childhood for you? Like, what is? Uh, when I think of childhood, I think probably right. before puberty. Okay. I don't know, thirteen and younger. But then again, I have a pretty garbage memory. Yeah. For one, I don't remember a lot of stuff until people remind me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We, I, we can circle I, back. I think. Well, I mean, and one that it's like, I guess it's super vivid, and it's not like necessarily a positive memory, but it was because of so many positive memories. Sure. So it was the day that John moved to California, and. He, we, we literally had houses next to each other. Like we had windows. We could see each other from what neighborhood. Uh, it was over on the Northwest side. Okay. Uh, And I mean, it's like right next to Walker in Grand Rapids. We were in Grand Rapids. You guys were out there. Yeah. Yeah. And we both grew up there and his dad ended up getting a job in California. And I remember not understanding like why he had to leave though. I was like, well, have your dad leave. And you can stay here and be my best friend still. <laughs> yeah. And but now he had to oh, take off. So and I remember watching him leave and just being like, 
what am I going to do? This kid was like my absolute best friend. It was like so devastating for me. It's traumatic back right. in the time. And I, that's such a downer of a story, but it's okay, it was, man. It was, it's, it was such a downer because life. of so many of the positive memories that like built up to that moment. Yeah. Like literally. And we were just, Lauren and I were just watching some old family videos of like John and I are like riding our bikes next to each other. And like, as like, dang near infants i didn't realize how long you guys have truly known each other oh yeah because yeah that is insane like best friends until he moved to uh california and i just it was every memory like every day we'd hang out with each other wow i I remember it clear as day because we had he had a sweet backyard and we had a basketball hoop and so we'd always have something to do we were always outside and that's something too as a kid i guess all of my memories pretty much are outside. Really? All my like good ones I remember. Like think going kids down today my... will have th- that same fond of memories. Or do you think they'll remember the time they were inside playing Fortnite? You know? Right, exactly. Like... You know, it and maybe there's like that one time where they were with all their buddies playing Fortnite and it was the greatest memory of their life or something. I don't know. Probably not. But yeah. I think of like I can remember specific days where I'd be out with my brother and his older friends or whatever. And one day we had a huge stick and we found a Swiss army knife and we <laughs> were trying to spear fish in the river. We had no idea what we'd do if we got one, but we were trying. <laughs> we, and I remember it so vividly because, and then we made a teepee and we were going to stay down there. Just kids the, learning about the earth. You right. Know? Yeah. We, were, we made a teepee and we were going to stay down there for the night. And I remember we'd, <laughs> we'd come home during the days and my mom would leave like peanut butter and jellies on the front stoop. Yeah, we would eat them, and then she'd come get the plates when we were gone. Nice. It was just like we were always outside until the sun went down. And yeah. So I, I, I guess those are like my memories, man. I just no, man. If it's I, the if good. I can, yeah, if I can, can't think of like one specific other than that. Really, I think it depends on the person too, because like I feel like you ask that question to somebody like, hey, what's a cherished childhood memory? Then they're like, boom, got one. Right. You know, grandma gave me this gift. Uh, that meant a lot and it was passed on from her grandma or something right. like that, you know? Or it's like, wow. That day my dad took me to the Tigers game or something. Yep. Like, something crazy. Something like, like that. Specific. Yeah, I don't, I yeah. can't say I have that. I'd have to, I'd have to really chew on mine. Right. You know, maybe and, look through some photo albums to be reminded of these. Drink a pot of coffee right. and then close the <laughs> eyes and go back in the memory vault, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what's a, what, what's a big struggle that, you've had to overcome would you say yeah i uh again not to i I hate that things come back to my career because i don't that's not my life and but it's a big part of it's a big passion of mine like being creative it's part of your identity Uh, man i think the everyday struggle for me to start would be keeping that fire lit for my creativity because there are days where I have so much creative freedom and I can do whatever I want and make really cool stuff. And I love that. And then there's days where I have to take a poster and resize it for every different format that you've ever seen in your life. Mm. And it's not the glamorous, exciting work, but it needs to be done. It's, it's the grunt work. Right. But yeah. everyone's got to do it. And it's part of, you know, just getting all of the assets needed. And then you get to like hear from someone like, oh man i use these assets every day and it's so great like you've really like made our jobs easy and that's like super rewarding yeah even though you're not thinking about it when you're making it um but to get back to your question the uh, biggest struggle uh i'd say is 
you know, going through, and, and my dad always pushed us. I kind of touched on that earlier about, you know, going and having that business degree. And mm. he, at one point, I think, mentioned, like, I don't think you'll ever have enough money if you like to support a family if you're going into art and design. They can trip all those jobs to uh, China or whatever. Outsource them, yeah. Right. And they can do those on, anyone can do that on a computer these days and da da da. And I just remember, like, I told my dad, I was like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. And at that point, he was like, well, because he had helped both of my brothers get through college and Mm -hmm. with some of the funding and stuff. And he's like, I'm not going to help you do this. Wow. He told me, and I was at CC, so I was able to pay for that by myself. I mean, CC is incredibly affordable. Yeah. And Northern is actually very affordable. Itself. It is, I've heard. Not to give it a plug, but go cats. Uh, <laughs> so I went to Northern, and I he was standing by it at that point, and he was not going to help me. And so I was like, all right. I'm doing this. Yeah, and so college for me, it was... I did have a lot of fun. I had a, I have more incredible memories than I can even count. But good, I worked incredibly hard. Good man. I and I it was to this day. It's still like you know I got to prove my dad to my dad that I can make it. And that was a struggle. And I've always said that it's like now that I've got this job and I'm like everyone looks at me and says you're doing so good. You're so, you're like as a designer that's successful. Like that's great. Like. I say, it's not enough, you know, I, yeah. I, and so for me, my biggest struggle is saying like, it is enough, you know, I, right. I will continue to grow and I don't need to like prove anything. You know, I, I'm doing what I love and I'm really happy doing it. And I think there's a lot of pressures to always like have more money or have more things or more opportunities. And, you know, that'll come, but it's, I'm young yet. Well, I, I think that you're in the minority of people in the, the good minority in the sense that like you are uh actively pursuing what you love to do and so many people are they choose a job just for a paycheck like how many people do you know like are in love with accounting you know and crunching numbers what they're or they're doing it because it makes good money right and then you know people that like are doctors not only because it makes a good living but they love helping people and for you you know your your passionate outlet is it's creating things for other people because the value which provides them in turn provides you value you know absolutely I, and yeah it's acknowledging too that I didn't pick a career path that was going to be like here's your here's your paycheck you're, yeah. you're going to be stoked on this it was that one where it's like at the end of the day you're going to have that fulfillment of whether yes working for a corporation or, mm-hmm. or now I mean yes Founders is a really cool company it's yeah. a really exciting job. It's really fun. But at the end of the day, there's still a big business aspect too because you're still selling something, you know, and everyone right. is. And so remembering that like there's a, those 800 people who applied for this job and I get this opportunity and it's right. it's humbling too. And to be able to say, you know, like this is as a struggle, like, you know, like, I can, I can say like, I always want to get better. I always want to have like bigger, better opportunities. Or I can say, you know, like look where I'm at for my age and appreciate it and take it in and just for once, don't think of what you don't have, you know? Right. Live in the moment. Right. And again, I think that you can trace a lot of this like stuff in society that just says, 
well, look what everyone else has, you know? You go on social yeah. media and everyone's posting their best day ever. And you're, it's toxic, man. People need social media vacations. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And as and that's something too, I'd like try to stay off of social when I can, you know? Yeah. Because it is dangerous, man. It's There's a lot of people that struggle with that and, and look and see everything that they don't have when they could look around and be like, I'm in a house, I have a dog. Yeah. My dog freaking loves me. He's awesome. Like he's the coolest dog ever, man. He's a total goofball, but yeah. he's a good dog. Right. This thing's excited to see me when I right. come home. Right. Exactly. Know? He's always wagging his tail. Right. So, you know, it's it's perspective, man. It's, it is. It's, and keeping that honesty for yourself, you know, saying, you know, you can achieve all these dreams at some point, but you don't got to have them today. For sure. So Good stuff, man. Well, yeah. continue to pursue your, your love and passion of, you know, creative outlet. And, uh. Yeah, man, good fortune will come to you. I'm positive. Yeah, More man. good fortune will come to yeah. you. So, well, last question for you: um, What are you grateful for? What am I grateful for? I'm grateful for my wife, and that's not just the generic like oh, shout out I, Lauren. Yeah, because I have to say that that's not what I'm. <laughs> no, I'm grateful for Lauren. Because, it's a sarcasm there, folks. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> she. Uh, she has always believed in me, but she challenges me and like does push me. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that holds me accountable myself. And she's one of those things in my life. It's a person, but like that reminder and not, yeah, again, using her as that reminder that like, take a deep breath and just look at what you do have. Right. Because this person loves me so much. And I've just to go with that, like my friends too, you know, it's, I do have a lot of good friends and I was talking about you before this and said like I think one of my bigger issues is that I can't spend enough time with all of my friends because I've got different friend groups and you know being able to get that time in with everyone and just really feel like you're investing in people it's tough to balance yeah and so I'm grateful for the people I'm grateful for the love that I've got you know man we we can go around say again look at what I don't have look at right in a job it's cool. At the end of the day, it's a great job, and I like that. But you know what? If I'm nothing without that job, then I'll be nothing. You know, it's it. I don't want to get lost in the fact that I identify myself as a job. You know, sure. And I've got great people, and those are the investments that I leave behind. No, you know? man, you got a beautiful circle for sure. Right. Yeah, I, I know that you've got a lot, a lot of people that love and cherish you, and so um, I'm very happy for you, man. You got a great circle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm uh, excited once I get my sauna going. We'll uh, be able to extend that circle. You know, COVID. Yeah, you can teach me pond hockey, too. Yeah. Oh, dude, if we can yep. get on some ice. Do you have skates? Oh, God, no. Okay, we'll get you some skates. Okay. I got an extra hockey stick, and you're going to have to learn to have a little bit of youper accent, but we can work on that. Oh, I'll... Got some basics. Funny enough, dude, my friends in Texas think I have the strongest accent. And my friends from Wisconsin thought I had a strong accent. Everyone says what? Michiganders have accents. And I think if you listen I mean, to I the, think we do. I think if you listen to the news, everyone sounds just like us. I don't listen to the news Man. much, but I'm just saying. No, I, I know what you mean, though. Right. Huh. Yeah. I think we have no accent. And I think everyone else has. I, I felt that way my entire <laughs> life, too. But, dude, after going to school in Kentucky, people are like, where are you from? You know? <laughs> Like I'm from Michigan. Did you when, when you did you ever feel like you like started not to ask you the questions now? I realize no, you're we're fine. wrapping up. But like, did you ever feel like you picked up that accent a little bit? My mom said I did. There yeah. were, there'd be times when I'd come back from Kentucky and she'd be like, Derek, you've got a little drawl. No, yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. And uh, also, I, I think sometimes when I have one too many beers, I, it comes out. It still happens for me, and Lauren calls that all the time. She's like, a draw for you? Like a Southern Oh, girl? no, I sound youper. Or, or I'll say More youper. Like, oh, yeah, or something. And Get over here. Yeah. Grab them beers, eh? Yeah. Come on. Jeez. <laughs> You betcha. You so, betcha. Yeah, it's all it's all that stuff, especially once a beer or two is, is had. Yeah. Stuff comes out. So Dude, this is fun, man. I'm yeah. super glad that you carved out some time to make this happen. Yeah, I think absolutely. this this is awesome. I loved it. We'll uh, have to reconvene and do this again sometime. Down. Like a year or so. You even mentioned getting Lauren on the podcast. We'd love to. Yeah. Shout out. Maybe Lauren. next time we could do both of you. You Ooh. know? Yeah, I, I've got three mics. Might get four, so we could we could do group podcasts. John made the the reference that we should get you, myself, him, and Brooks in here Ooh. and do one. It'd be um, dangerous. Dangerous, yeah. but amazing. That yeah. would be for the archives. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Nobody could might, listen to that. That one sometimes. might not get published. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would love that, man. That'd be super fun. For so, sure. Thanks for having me, dude. This is, this is awesome. Cool Absolutely. little setup you got here. Thanks, dude. For sure. All right. That was episode six and signing off.